And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike. Off week O'Hara. Off week O'Hara. Mike, off week O'Hara. We've had a week off now before I've had to go verbally with you. And I'm refreshed and ready to go to to finish off the second half of the season. What the people out there don't realize, though, is even if there's no show that week, you call me five times a day to complain about that. That's right, about no show. Except maybe Sunday. Except. Except on Sunday. That's right. Sunday's a day of rest, a day of rest that you watch football. Well, Mike, um, a, a good off week for the line. This, I don't. Even, I was trying to go back in time, and I should have did it for the show, but that means I'd actually have to do some show prep for this. But I was going to go back and see when the last time the Lions had like a off off week in the middle of a season, you know, we're actually the exact middle. <laughs> but I just didn't feel like doing it. I, just, I, I, I really Nobody didn't care that much. Nobody except you would look at I really didn't care that much, you know. <laughs> Thank God. Hey, I remember, off, I remember years where the Lions were like, after the fourth game, they got a bye week or something like that. So, this, you know, I, this is a good time for oh, them. Oh, this is a good one. It's, it's you know, anywhere than seven, eight, nine. It is a, is a really it, it's a, it's a good time, but as you might remember, this was maybe 20 years ago when the NFL had an odd number of, of games, an odd number of teams, I should say, and so one team would sit out on opening day, and then another team on the last game of the game of the season, they would they did go home on week six week 16, and the rest of the teams would play play. Week I remember 17. that. I remember that. Yeah, like they finished that? a week early, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. Wow. And they, and they, and they really tried to schedule it to uh, so be a you know a bad team up front and a bad team in the back too. It was like Cleveland one year, I think. <laughs> right. Just go home. I know no, they would never do it because they're so cheap. Jeez. But I would shut the whole league down on the same week every year. What do you What do you mean? I would just make week eight or week nine the off week for everybody. I would just do it like that, to be fair. I know they got to have football going every week, but they've extended the season so far now. They can have one week with no football. Well, they have a lot of weeks with no football after the season's over. Yeah, but they can have one during the season. I think everybody should have the same, you know, off week. That's me. It's a thought. It's not necessarily a good one, but it's better than most of yours. Really. You know. Uh, so, anyway, matter of fact, they should work it out with baseball so it would be the week of the World Series. You know, that would be a good thought, a good gesture to the you know baseball people. And Well, yeah, uh, that could really see how many people aren't watching the World Series. <laughs> Well, look, I loved it. I really do. I like baseball. Well, the Lions got back into it. Uh, a lot of people were talking. Um, my uh, guy, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, has joined the squad, and he was out practicing this week. Um, you know, I got to talk to him when we go to the locker room, but, you know, he's got two off weeks this week. Do they get paid by the week, so does he miss a week of work? Uh, he doesn't. No, he doesn't lose any money. No, okay, why? I was just wondering because he, you know, he got off week with Cleveland, and now he got last week off after he got traded. So I was just wondering, does his paycheck go down by one sixteen? I don't think no. I mean, he's only going to be able to play fifty um, sixteen games this year. Well, that's a thought. Just a thought. It's one of your best. Well, well, <laughs> I'm still kind of upset. I thought they should have went for it, you know, and got a DN, or got Young, or got a Sweat, or whoever they could get for the stretch run. But I've yeah, but I don't think over the week I've, after talking to people, years. yeah, over the week after talk. Well, I would definitely wouldn't have paid him that much because I'm gonna tell you right now, well, if, if I'm paying you that much, 
then I could get you in the offseason and pay you that much and don't have to give up a pick. If I'm going to pay you that much, the pick's not going to be that high. And that's why I think – I don't know what Chicago was doing with that because then he's not going to be a difference maker in them winning or losing. And they ended up giving up, like, maybe the top pick in the second round and money that was all, almost, you know, like Bosa-like money. I mean, you know, like um, Miles Garrett money almost for him. And he's not that type of player. You, Washington didn't win with him. No, they didn't. Well, they were they were they were close. They were nibbling. You know, they were right. they were right up the So you get nibble money of, if you nibble. Being okay, you, you yeah. get nibble money. You don't get the full you bite. Get, you get crackers and cheese. That's, That's right. What you get. So anyway, they didn't do it. I've I've had a week now to rationalize it. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Michael Hare, Michael Hare, Michael Hare. If it comes down to the last game or the last season or the playoff game, and they lose by not getting a sack, where where one of these guys would have got, I'm gonna be very upset for the whole off season. You know, it's interesting you should say that because I was just doing something on on, on the sacks with Detroit Lions. Now they've got 20, 21 sacks in the first eight games. Eighteen of those sacks came in three games. Right. Eighteen. Right. Eighteen came in three games. Three came in one game each, and two they didn't. They got shut out in two. But the other side of that is, though, if you look at the other charts, and I haven't looked at everything. But they've been consistently got good pressure. I mean, they rate high in the pressure they get on the quarterback, but they haven't been able to get them on the ground. Well, that's my point. If they're getting good pressure, I can live with it, the sack number yeah. being crazy. But they got to get the pressure. And when we get to who are some of the key players for the second half of the season, one one player in particular is going to have to bring up the pressure, and we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, one thing I do want to go, I want to just give a quick throwback to the last game at the Raiders. And we didn't talk about it in the last podcast. We talked about it a little bit or whatever we were going because we did it during the you know a couple of days later. But they didn't play a good game. I went back, watched this game over the last week. This shows me how good a team they can be because they didn't play their A game and still won. You know about you know almost. Well, they had digits. three turnovers. They gave up three turnovers. Well, that's part yeah. of not playing well. You're right. That's part of not playing well. Yeah. Right. And and I don't think they play. Take the turnovers away too. I just thought they left points on the field. There was some questionable play calls, some questionable plays, and there was just a – they just didn't play for a Monday night game where you thought they would come out. And I've seen Lions come out on some of these primetime games like that um, game where they played Chicago back in 2011 or 12, whatever year that was, with Jalen Best ran, you know, the, the 88-yard, 80-something yarder back. I've seen them come out on fire and just, you know, spank teams. To me, it was a workmanlike performance, but they didn't really come out and – show the national network that they're one of the top teams. Well, just, they just showed me they're a good team. I disagree with that from this standpoint. You know, look, it wasn't a great outcome or anything like that, but they gave, they gained 480 yards to 157. Right. They, yeah, they absolutely dominated they the game. And barely won. They, they hold it. They didn't barely win. It wasn't close. The game was never in doubt. You, well, had, see, when it's 16-14, you can say the game's never in doubt, but to me, that's in doubt. I would, I would, now, you can theorize that they never would have got a field goal, but if it's a two-point game, Mike, the game's in doubt. And they sacked the quarterback six times. Okay, like I said, they, they were a better team. They were a the better team. I'm oh, just saying it wasn't one of the great Lions performances of that we'll remember. Let me just put it, years look, Kenny, if it was all that, all that bad, you wouldn't have waited this long to chime in, okay? Well, I, like I said, I, I went back and looked it over. <laughs> you and, went uh, back and you calmed down. And I do want to repeat this. I heard this on another network, so I'll give them credit for Dan Campbell's interview today. 
the um Amon St. Brown playing the in the uh, red zone where he uh was gonna throw the pass. Yeah. Um Dan Campbell said today that the outside receiver Reynolds was the number one option on the pass, and that's all week they had practiced it that way, and that's who was open. This time the Raiders checked him and um Khalif Raymond was wide open, but that that it never worked that way in the practice up to it. So Amon St. Brown didn't know what to do, so he said, we don't teach him how to chuck it and throw it away, so he said, you know, he'll take the blade for it. But the pass was supposed to go to Reynolds. That's where it was supposed to go. Reynolds was covered, so Amon ate the ball. Okay. Which is what you do. I'm just letting everybody know that it wasn't like he didn't see Khalif there. Or it wasn't. He got scared to throw it or whatever. It just wasn't routed to him. And you ask a, a wide receiver to go through progressions on a play, that's not going to happen a lot of times. They know the one guy they're going to throw it to, and if it's not there, they either run it or eat it. And I think that's what happened. He wasn't, like, checking off the guy to the next guy. So that's what yeah. happened. Well, thank you. I'm glad you cleared that up. Well, people were talking about it because it would look like he just missed. He didn't see the guy wide open, but he wasn't looking for him. He was looking for Reynolds. Right. So, anyway, that's what Dan said today, so we'll let that go just to put it out there. But that was another missed opportunity there where you can get seven, you get three instead, you know. So Well, they would look at they they were in the red zone five times and scored one touchdown. Right. Now, Dan Campbell did say on the comeback that – Red zone is one of the things that he wants to see improved as a, when they come out in the third quarter, their improvement on, on scoring. So those are things that when you're winning, it's great to reevaluate yourself during the, the break because you can fine-tune on some things and you're still winning. So at least they know the items they want to work on, and I think they can get better at those things. Well, that's one of the things he said. He's, you know, in his session with the media on, on Monday, I think. Yeah, it was Monday. That's one of the things he said that that, that, that he talked about the things that they could get better at, and and the red zone was 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 right up there. It really was. Yeah. Now we come into the second half, six and two. I'm happy Minnesota's five and four I, I, instead of four and five or four and six, or three and six or whatever, because I think the Lions need to have somebody within distance of them to keep the pressure on. I think you'll play better that way. If they're like four games up with five to play, you know, just human nature, you know, you don't have that urgency. I think that this will keep them, keep them on their toes. Do you, do you think having somebody close enough to them will keep them on their toes? Well, I think it's, it's somewhat logical, but you've got a young team and, and this is new to them. I can't see, I can't imagine any reason why they would, you know, why they would uh, lighten up on anybody for any reason. I just, I, I don't think they would, but I, I understand that your logic there that, you know, to have somebody push them. But here's the other thing though. I want them to win the division. I don't care what happens to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, but no, well, hold on. Let me get down. this out and put this out there now. The Lions are not winning the division. I mean, the Vikings are not winning the division with that guy quarterback. Right, probably not. Because he, like I say, he's he's a decent guy, but he's he's not. Atlanta just blew that game. Let's get that out the way. Atlanta just blew that game the other day, and I think that. <laughs> They're going to be 500 the rest of the way, if not below 500, the, the Vikings record the rest of the way. That's what I see. Could be. You know, really, I, I've looked, gone through that. I did a thing for DetroitLions.com, you know, scrutinizing the last nine games. You know, so I'm not, you know, I wasn't a completely in-depth, but just, you know, and how, how, it, how they ranked against those teams and so on. Look, and I can see him winning, you know, five, six games and finish him the season with 11 or 12 wins with without really any 
you know, I, I don't think it'd be a difficult thing for them to do that. This at is all. the Vikings you're talking about. I'm talking about the Lions. Oh, I thought you said the Vikings with 11 wins. I'm like, I don't know what you're seeing. I don't I, see. I, I, okay. I, I misspoke. Then. No, yeah, no, I, I think the Lions should at least, this is to me, worst case scenario, double the first half. If they were 6 and 2 in this half, they should at least be 6 and 2. I know they got nine games, but six and two in the in the other half, and you can do whatever you want with the other game. So I think they wins. should win six games at least. If they if they went under twelve without major injuries happening, then I'd be very disappointed. Oh, what if they, what if they, what if they win the division at eleven and eleven and? Uh, no, I'm taking look. I'm taking the division at nine. I'm saying what I would consider to me to be where they should be and what they ended up being. I'm just think that this is a. Now that they've played the first eight, this is a 12-win team, at least. You agree with that? Well, I'd, I'd say 12 would be would, would be good. I don't think he'd have any. I don't think he'd have to apologize for anything if they win 12 games. And I'd like to see him. I like to see him clean the division out. Get those five. If they do that, I'm cool. Six and zero. Oh. Six and zero oh division. Remember, I said it been the season start. I said they lost one division game last year. I like to see them take all six this year. And the one that worried me the most was at Green Bay. No, that one didn't bother me. I was my, the one I was most worried about is Minnesota. Well, at the time, yeah, Green yeah, Bay that, was. No, before the, time, the season no. started, I thought Green Bay was. New. Wasn't. Well, Lambeau's always a weird place. That's why I'm. I'm not saying it. I, I thought Green Bay was going to be a better team than Minnesota this year. It didn't happen. You know, I, right well, I picked, I, right, I picked him for second. Place. Yeah, so I thought that Green Bay, that well, Lambeau game was going to be the tough one. They're only, a, what, a game behind? Well, I guess yeah, but that quarterback, can we acknowledge now, they're not getting the third is the charm, okay? They got Favre, they got Rodgers. This guy ain't the third. Love is not the third. What about Bart Starr? Why do you, keep, <laughs> why do you forget him? Because we don't talk about Bart Starr. We talk about, we start with Favre, and then we move the on. Most, uh, well, okay, Mike, look, I'm not getting into this today with you. Yes, we, you we're not going the back most, to Bart Favre and three yards Bart over there and cloud the dust and the 67 the power most, trap. We're not doing that today. The most underrated great quarterback <laughs> in the history of football. Look, if it didn't happen before TV Five. started, if it didn't happen before people started watching TV on a major basis, then it did happen. Five championships in seven years. Okay, thank seven you. Years. All right, Mike, let's talk Five. about this. We're not even talking. Notice, check this out. This is called Moving On. Um, a couple of things I do want to talk about moving on. The offensive line will be back at full strength now. Do you think Glasgow now has replaced Big V as the uh, starting right guard? Well, we'll find out <laughs> out Sunday for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. I hate when people I mean, lose their job because of injury, though, but it looks like this might be one of those cases. Well, this could also be production, too. You know, well, he, he, you got a chance to produce because you weren't hurt. Okay, and, he, and he, maybe he's, he, if he played better, then it's his job. I hate to say it, it is. but that's the way it is. Um, if that is the case and that happens and he finishes We're up gonna the season. We're going to get to the backup punter here anytime soon. Not, well, we, no, the long snapper. We're going to get to the long snapper. <laughs> a bit. But if the if he, is a, if he ends up becoming the starter, beating out Big V and, holds, yeah. and plays like he's been playing, I will say this is the best signing the Lions have had in the last 20 years. 20 years? 20 years of, of free agent signings. Don't tell me you went and looked at all 20 No, I'm years. just saying. I, I don't remember another signing that would be as impactful as you getting a one-year guy as your starting guard and playing, you know, very well. 
And that goes to Marvin Jones, as you signed. He, I, I don't even think they signed a lot of real big names. Dre Blyze and all these guys well, they signed. I just think this will be the biggest signing. Well, Dre was a well, – No, they were good players. Hard. But I'm saying this it's to it's, me, this it's, becomes it's a crucial hard. part of your offense. It was hard to compare this, Kenny, because you're talking to a team that's going to the playoffs as opposed to all those other teams that were 3 and 13. That's what makes it even bigger. 5 and 11. That's what makes it even bigger, though. That makes it even bigger. It's not the player's fault. No, none of this is the player's fault. And I didn't say the guys they signed were bad players. I just said, what is the number one signing? I think this will jump to the top. I mean, Dre Bly, you know, three, uh, you know, uh, uh, nominated for th- three Pro Bowls. He went to two, stayed home for another one. For no, no. But if he played or not, the team was still bad. Correct. All right. So, no, just, well, he played just me talking. He played and the team was bad. This is just me talking. I, I still, you got to admit, this was a great signing, though, to bring Glasgow back. Well, I don't have to admit it because I already said it was. Yeah, great signing. Now, item number two. But item number two, we've been talking for 30 minutes. Item number two. <laughs> Does Jamar Gibbs stay as the starter, even though David Montgomery's coming back? And I know you, if you say it makes a difference, I'm, hang, I'm hanging up on you right now. It doesn't make a difference. If you say, I know you're about to say it, you're going to have to give an opinion on this. And a starter, it doesn't mean they're not going to share carries, not going to be aware. I think Jam- Jamar Gibbs has vaulted himself in the two starts he has made. Well, three starts now. He's made three starts in the first eight games. I just think that he should be the starter and Montgomery should be the change of pace back now. Well, I don't think – why would you call him a change of pace back? That's not what he does. Well, he's a different type he's of runner. When back. I say change of pace, different type of runner. Well, it's different. That's all right, well, like, I can use my own verbal technology – I mean, my own verbal, uh, you know, expressions You're not here. doing so well with it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a change of pace because you're going from speed to power. But do well, you think that you think that Gibbs power. has earned the right now to start? Do I think I don't? I don't think he's done anything to disqualify himself. I don't think he's. I don't think the right to start. Look, I, to me, and I've said this before. It depends on. I mean, you could have a guy. You could start in one formation, and another quarter, the other a running back comes in, or in any position, the other uh, running back comes in on the next on the next uh, play from scrimmage, and he's on there for for, for fifteen plays. Yeah. The other guy never gets back in. So to me, it's just you use them based on what their what what their abilities are. I just and think that Gibbs have... is explosive well, that's, that's on every like play, that. and I just think he's a better receiver. And it's just the offense to me, like you said. Look at the yards they put up, and go to the, even go to the Atlanta game where he played. Look at the yards they put up as a, just a unit. I just think that it's a little smoother. It's more powerful in the four minute offense. Put Montgomery in there, run out the clock, no problem. But during the course of a game, I just like to see that explosive back that could go all the way on any catch. Look, he had five touchdowns in three games, and he had three touchdowns in one game. I'm not. I'm not talking about him being bad. I'm just saying what I prefer. Well, okay. All right. Now let me give you another thing here. I, I went and did some digging up. I did do some work over the, the week. I, I'm still reeling from the. Jamar Gibbs has been. <laughs> Jamar Gibbs has been. He, the, Jamar Gibbs has been um, relating to Alvin Kamara, and everybody says that that's the person yeah. he should go after. Now, Alvin Kamara's first year, he played 16 games, had 728 yeah. yards rushing, yeah. and 816 yards receiving. At this present time, Jamar Gibbs, 
in only six games, has 400, 390 yards, but 400 yards rushing, and he has um, two TDs, and he has 28 receptions for 165 yards. So while he's farther behind kind of in receiving yards, he is way up on the rushing yards. So when people say that he didn't play a lot, you're not giving him enough to run or whatever, he's trending toward Alvin Kamara numbers, you know? I don't well, know if he's going to catch 81 <laughs> balls. 81 balls is a lot of balls, and you got 30 well, now. Settle a lot of issues this morning. <laughs> yeah, but this is also when Mark Ingram that year ran for 1,124 yards. So they had a two-back system going, yet both of these backs were productive, and that's what the Lions can be, to me, is where we're at now. Do you, do you want to go back to uh, Billy Sims and James Jones? This is the guy who uh, 20 minutes ago was talking about Barstar. And I'm that going exactly. back. Hey, wait a minute. Hold <laughs> up. I only went back six or seven years. You went back 45 <laughs> or 50, and now you dogging me. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. This is what happens. Listen, this is what happens when you have, you're coming off a bye week. <laughs> you just blather. Okay, go So ahead. anyway, I, I see you go have no comment <laughs> on who should be started. I, I don't think I let, I didn't notice you ducked that answer. I, what, what I think is this. I mean, I think I think they've got a, a, a good a good setup right now, including Craig, uh, Craig Reynolds, if you need him. Yeah, but that still's not answering my question. One of uh, those guys has to come my... out first. Which one? Either one. I don't think oh, it makes any difference. Milk toast. Let me ask you this. Milk then. toast. What milk if they come toast. out with a two-back two back formation? Then that's fine. Then they both that. start. They say both of them should start then. Just didn't say that. Forget I it. I think they ought to bring one of them come out and play center. Okay, forget <laughs> it. I'm not even going to try to get an answer out of you. Let's move on. Um, Thank you. Defensively, since they didn't get a pass, which was I thought they should have for the stretch run, there's some names yep. out there of older guys that are available. Do you think there's any um, they would add anybody like that? I'm, I'm talking about there's a, a, a the Dominican Sue's out there. I saw this morning, uh, JPP or uh, John Paul or whatever I forgot his yeah. name. JPP yeah. is wants to sign with a team on the practice. Well, he's 34. He's a he's a defensive end. There's um um a couple other guys Jason out there. Jason Pierre Paul, you mean? Yeah, Jason Pierre Paul's out there. There's another guy who um not merciless, but there's one other guy who played last year defense. There's a couple of guys out there. There's that um Pittsburgh cut the cornerback that's from Detroit that went to Iowa. I forgot his name too. There's a few guys out there that play in the league that are free agents. Do you think the Lions have any interest in any of these older guys or guys that have run out? And there was a a Funny thing, while we're talking about this, there was a report last night that the Lions were interested in that Martavius Bryant, who ended up signing with the Dallas Cowboys uh, a practice squad, which means they're going to put him on the roster. The six-five receiver that was thrown out of the league a couple of years ago for drugs that was just reinstated last oh, Saturday. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, and they said sure. the Lions yeah. and the Titans were interested in him, but you know he was going to visit one of those two after he left Dallas, but he never got out the showroom door and they signed him to the practice squad. But if that's the case, it's interesting that they were even look at another receiver. Well, I think you know. I think they. I. I. I don't think they'd be. I think that another receiver would be a bad idea. At least having one in the practice squad there. Yeah, I, that's, I, look, I thought they'd been a little light at that position since the start of the season. Yeah. I don't but, know. Look, I, I don't honestly. I just this to me is a, a shrug of the shoulders. Okay, if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I was telling you earlier in the podcast, the person that I think is going to be the key to the second half by defensively, and to me, that person is well, it's two people. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to build this up. Well, what's this guy from Walla Walla? I'm trying to build this up. I'm trying to build this <laughs> Two-headed up. Two-headed man from Walla Walla? Okay, go ahead. Uh, Romeo, not Romeo Accord, Julian Accord on the pass rush is one that I think if he steps up and becomes that pass, and he's had a few sacks in these last these games. You know, he has done that. Right. He had two in the last game. Yeah, but to me, the number one guy who I think the defense, I, I know it's going to sound crazy, I say crazy things, I think this, this defense can go from good to great if he just performs like he can and stays healthy is Josh Pascal. Because people forget wow. when training camp started, he was balling, Mike. Remember we were out there in training camp and in the exhibition yeah. season and the first game, he was balling, man. He was one of the one of the. Uh, I mean, he was like stood out, and I watched it, and I said, "Man, this yeah, guy's gonna a, have a great year." He's. Well, I never thought that, but he's a very, very powerful athlete, and and not having him, not having him, has, has really that's a void there. That's a good player. Look, they, they haven't gotten a lot out of some of the guys that they thought they would. I'm not going to get you. Know, I'm not going to go down the list of guys, but they haven't gotten you know like their second second guy at certain positions has not produced the way that they probably were counting on. I, look, I thought that that defensive, you know, that front four, front three, however they play it, I thought it was really really stacked. And but it had, they haven't gotten the production at all. I think they're starting to, but it's also but it's coming pre- predominantly from the starters. You know, like a Lynn McNeil and those guys. And yeah. Lynn McNeil has really, really picked that up lately. He really has. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's playing the way that they said he was going to play at the beginning of the year. He's starting to play that and way. And the way he said he was going to play yeah. too. Yeah. But you get that other end to start playing. That's going to make that that team because, like I said, the only thing missing to me is a compliment to Hutchinson. And once you get that, and Josh Pascal can be that guy because he can slide inside on some downs outside. I don't think Kaminsky. I think Kaminsky's a good, nice workman-like player, but I, I I don't think he should be starting. I think he should be the rotation guy. If Pascal can stay healthy, he could man that in there, and then him and like I said, Julian Aquara, that'll just set that defense off to me. And that to me, that's what I want to see. And plus, I think that Campbell, Jack Campbell, is getting better every game. And even um, the coach said that also on the interview. He was last interview I heard with him about Campbell and they're asking him to do way more than they thought they were and he's picking it up but they just want him to get better every week and I think that he's getting better every week so I think this well, defense is going to get better in the second half than the first half overall now I don't know about the pass rush but overall I think they will get better well it's not just the injuries and not just you know recovering from the, you know the grind of going through training camp and 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 the preseason and and eight games but you get a little mental break too and I think that's that's important for young players who've really played a lot in the first, you know, seven, eight, nine games. A break, a mid-season break, does them a lot of good. They get a chance to just kind of clear their brain, and 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 you know, there's an awful lot coming at them at a fast rate. If you're a rookie, even as a second-year player, so for like Campbell and those and players like him, I think I think this is they probably did not realize how much they were taking on, you know, at the start of the season first eight games and now they can look back on and go wow that was a lot and, and so you get a break and it, it, it does wonders for them i'll be surprised if, if, if campbell doesn't really pick it up and become a, a, a more a, a bigger part of the defense 
Yeah, and also Brian Branch to me is going to have a strong second half. He he came back from his injury kind of slow a little bit. You know, he was out there, but he wasn't the way he was yeah. before he got hurt. But I think that mental break and a couple of weeks to get you know healed more healed from his ankle injury, he's going to revert back the way he was. And he was another one in camp. Pasco and Branch in camp were making plays and doing things, man. And I just want to see those guys be healthy this second half and see what they do. You might get C.J. Gardner-Johnson, his new name, I forgot, what do you call him now, C.D. Ducey now, whatever he calls himself now. You might be able to get him back by December too, maybe, you know, January. But that'll help also. So Aaron Rodgers and these guys are all going to walk onto the field at the same time. <laughs> We're back. If I see Aaron Rodgers come back from a Achilles injury and in, in, what do you say by December, they talking about he might be back by December. If that's the case, man, then I don't believe he ever had an Achilles. There's no way in the world I can believe that. But that's we'll see. I don't believe you can come back from an Achilles that fast. Well, I can tell you a good story about it if you'll let me. No, if it's got to do with Barstar, I don't want to hear it. No, Johnny okay, Knight Oh, Johnny Unitas tore his Achilles. <laughs> you, uh, I thought you were kidding. You really go no, give me I'm a not. Johnny United story? <laughs> no, I, I, wrote, I wrote this story for the Detroit News. Go ahead, Mike. Tell us about Johnny Unitas. He was playing racquetball or something like that, and it, you know, to work out and all that, and he tore his Achilles tendon. I think it was in April. He played on opening day, so it's been done before. Now this would this would not be, you know, medicine, uh, medical history or anything like that. But he's John Unitas was playing on opening day with, a, with, with after having sustained an Achilles injury. Did, did he? <laughs> I don't even know where to comment on that. Really. I'm just, I don't even know what to say. Well, <laughs> well I, I tell you the highlight of that. Story, I, don't, right? I, I, I don't know. It was so far long ago. It was opening day like December back then? <laughs> was it a two-team NFL back then? <laughs> No, but that was one of the three best quarterbacks in history. Yeah, I mean, we look, uh, you know it's almost time to go now when Johnny United's <laughs> talk is taking over the Canada podcast. <laughs> well, let's get let's, let's get let's get the I chart. just want you to know that for all those 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 ghosts that you brought up to talk about, I've been waiting a week to get this out there. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's get to, before we go, let's get to San Diego Chargers. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I keep calling San Diego Chargers. They need to go back to San Diego. Nobody cares about sure. it. Like, you, know what, you, know, you know what they've got? Uniforms. Great yeah, uniforms. they got nice uniforms. The and best. They, and yeah. even wear them on the road. The, the, when they wore a Monday night's game, that's the home uniform, I thought. They're going to be wearing those at home this week, presumably. Look, look, I like the Lions road uniforms, too. The white ones are bright. They're sharp. I don't like the <laughs> white with the blue pants, though. They To me, they can get rid of those blue pants. Just go back to the well, gray pants. pants. Go back to the gray pants or the white ones. You can wear all white or wear the gray pants. But well, like those the, blue I pants, like I don't like the blue. That's why I like the all white and I like the gray. I like the white with the gray pants. But they're blue pants. You can get rid of as far as I'm, And you know I'm a uniform guy, and I don't like that. I like the blue pants with the blue uniforms at home. Mm-hmm. But on the road, like, and they got stomped in those by Baltimore. So that, that should be another reason why to never wear them again. <laughs> well. I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Chargers coming in. They got Nick Bosa and um, Jay Bosa and and Khalil Mack, the two pass rushers. I think if you handle those guys sufficiently, you should be able to score points on this team and should be able to win the game. They're they're well, good. One thing about yeah, Kenny. One thing about Khalil Mack though, he's got nine nine and a half sacks, but mm-hmm. six of them are in one game. Yeah, he got six of them in that one game. game against a terrible tackle, right? Yeah, and he's also older too. You know, he's slowing down. He's not the Khalil Mack that was in Oakland. 
or the Khalil, Khalil Mack that was in um, Chicago. And the Khalil Mack in Chicago wasn't that great either. The Khalil Mack in Oakland was great. So it's been a couple of stops since he's been that guy. But he's still a, a decent player, and um, you got to, you know, put some attention to him. But I just think that if the Lions offense is firing on its normal pace, because you can, you can pass on this team. You can run on this team, too. Uh, their pass defense is real good, but you can run on this team. And I don't even think their pass defense is that good. I just think people are running it so good they don't try to I think that's the other way around. I think, I, I, I think he can pass on him easier than he can run on him. Yeah. I think. I think you score on a period. I, and Jack Wilson, I don't even want to look at that because he had a lot of open guys to get to and just didn't do it. So I'm keeping my eye on Jared Goff for the second half of the season. To me, this is his contract run right here, and I want to see him perform like he did in the first half and get this team to the playoffs before we start talking about $50 million contracts. I want to. I got to see it. I'm from Missouri. Show me, State. <laughs> You know, remember when Earl Morrow and Bobby Wayne on the roster together? Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yes. And Tobin wrote. Uh, so um, we'll come back. I don't know if we're going to come back Friday this week because it's Wednesday already, so I don't know if we'll come back with a prediction. So let's well, give our prediction here. Well, no, let's wait till Friday. All right, we'll till come Friday. back. Right. If, you, if, you, if you got the time, Mike, between researching 1940 football <laughs> to do it Friday, then we'll do it. Look, I'm, I'm your guy. I'm, I'm, I'm here. You know? All right. So, um, any closing thoughts on the Lions start of the second half? Who's your most important player going in for the second half? To, and no quarterback, outside the quarterback, which, of course, is the most important player. Who's your most important player going forward, and what do you think they will be this second half? I think the most important player going forward is Frank Ragnall, the center. He's a tremendous football player. He's tremendous when he's healthy. He's tremendous when he's not healthy. But if he can just if he can go nine games for the Detroit Lions, that will mean a lot. I just think I think he's that two things. He's that good, and he plays a position that's that important. It's it's an underrated position by a lot of people, but it shouldn't be. Okay, I'm not going to do it because I already told you the two guys on defense that I expect to step it up. So those I'll keep those two guys to be the important, not the best players, but important for where they got to go. And I still believe that the Lions will host not one but two playoff games this year. That is my prediction. Well, That's I'll settle one. for one. I'll, I'll settle for one. I'll settle for, hey, I'll settle for a walk-by in the afternoon on, you know, first playoff game of the season <laughs> if it's at home. You know, I'll settle for that. But I, I put out a prediction months, uh, last month. I said they're going to play Minnesota, third game from the last, last game of the season, and the first game in the playoffs. And I didn't know Cousins was going to get hurt, but – Minnesota by sneaking as that last wild card and end up playing the Lions who are the second seed. Can you imagine back-to-back weeks of, with Minnesota coming to town? No, that would be that'd be terrific. That'd yeah, be terrific. Really. That would be terrific. You All know right. what that reminds me of? Go ahead. 1994 when the Lions and, <laughs> Lions and Packers played five games in one calendar year. That's right. And what they play back-to-back weeks at, at the Silverdome. Yep, they did. Yeah, yep. and law. That was the big Sterling Sharp game. I was at, I was sitting in my seat, and I still haven't gotten over it. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, just awful. Yep. Oh. All right, Michael here. That's Michael here. DetroitLions.com. Ken Brown from WJ Radio. Mitch Alvin Show. Check out Alex Anzalone this afternoon, 430 if it's Wednesday for you. Listen to this on Wednesday afternoon. He'll be on with it at 430. He is one of the he's, – he's, he's playing like a rock. And since he signed with us, his, his skills have only improved. 
WJR makes you. WJR a great makes player. makes you. But no, but seriously, he's he joins. He's very very good. Check him out this afternoon, and we'll be back Friday with our game predictions. All right, Michael Hare, have a good day, sir. All right, Kenny Brown, you too. All right, that's Michael Hare, Ken Brown, K and M podcast. We're out.